Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Priscilla Sai for Female Startup Club. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. I'm your host, Dune Roisin, and joining me on the show today is Priscilla Sai, founder of CocoKind. CocoKind is a clean, conscious, and accessible skincare brand dedicated to providing natural products at an accessible price. After years of using severe prescription acne treatments, Priscilla realized that traditional approaches to fighting skin concerns were unsustainable unhealthy, and stigmatized. Instead, she wanted to find a solution that would create long-term yet gentle results for her skin, mind, and body. This is her story of leaving Wall Street to pursue a career in wellness, how she stays ahead of the game in a saturated market, and her advice for women who have a big idea. This is Priscilla for Female Startup Club. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com weightloss. That's PlushCare.com weightloss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Priscilla, hi. Thank you so much for joining the Female Startup Club podcast today. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to jump into this. Yeah. Do you want to start by giving a little bit of an introduction of who you are and what your business is? Yeah, definitely. So I'm Priscilla Syme, the founder and CEO of a skincare company out in San Francisco called Coco Kind. We are clean, conscious, and affordable skincare brand. We sell primarily direct to consumer with national distribution at Whole Foods and Target as well. But I've been in the game for a little over five years now. And yeah, it's been it's been quite quite the ride that I'm excited to talk about today. Quite the journey. I'm super excited to dig into it and hear kind of the evolution of where things were when you began and where they are now today, um, especially obviously during, well, are we during? Yeah, still during the pandemic, really. <laughs> Very much still in it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Gosh, can't wait for it to be over. I love to start by rewinding to life before you started the business to find out what you're up to and what kind of inspired you to actually get started down the entrepreneurial path. Yeah, totally. Um, so I grew up, I always like to like take it way back. So I grew up in Michigan just a suburb in Michigan. And my mom is a small business owner. She um, and my dad both immigrated from Taiwan and they met at Ohio State University and my dad got a job in Michigan. And so she came with him and she ended up starting as a clerk at um, this company that was seemingly kind of random and they distribute like industrial tools to other distributors. So she started working at that company and long story short, like eight years later, ended up buying it from the owner and she's run that business for, you know, 25 years now. And so I grew up going to her office and, you know, kind of helping out, stuffing flyers, like seeing very much a small business work, but work well. So I kind of knew that, that there was this idea that I had that like I could do my own thing one day and, and it felt very motivating for me. 
And so I kind of had that in the back of my head. Um, but I went to school at Penn and I studied finance and accounting. And, you know, as people do when you go to Penn and you study those majors, you end up going into finance and, um, you know, working at investment banks after school. So I moved to New York after school. Um, but I was always like a little bit of a hustler. Like I, you know, I would have like two internships in one summer and just try be work. I worked like all the time. Um, I loved having like working jobs more than I did being in school, like being in a classroom just like was not for me. And I would like literally go to New York every Friday to intern or do whatever I could to work. And was just like so excited at the prospect of working. And so I ended up working in finance. And before I left to start CocoKine, I was at JP Morgan and I covered stocks and the equity research department and covered food and food retail stocks and was very interested in like the consumer industry generally, but um, was taking it from more of like the finance angle. But then I realized like, yeah, I just really want, I, I'm so inspired by like the consumer industry. I think there's so much to be done in terms of like transparency and you know, kind of showing people how business works and the behind the scenes and how their products are made. And, and so that was always like kind of like a passion of mine and something that I had known that like, okay, that's probably very likely one day that I will start a consumer company. And then, you know, the side note, which became like the, the main story, but um, in terms of my skin, I really struggled with skincare and I had hormonal cystic acne had been to, you know, a dermatologist and I was just on the wrong prescription. Um, I was on like really harsh prescriptions that like tore my skin apart every single day and made it so red. And I was on antibiotics for three years. I was, you know, I, I went on birth control just for my acne and yeah, just like in that process of taking all that medication just ended up really having some stomach issues actually. And because I, I didn't realize that like taking antibiotics every day for three years was, you know, potentially harmful for my gut. And that is now, you know, very widely known, but back then it was a very common treatment for, for acne. So I started having some stomach issues and then I it was like, my, my, not only that, like every day I would wake up and I would put on moisturizers, Cetaphil, and my face would sting so much because it had been so sensitized from the prescriptions that it would turn red and my eyes would water. And it was just like a terrible process every day. I would wait for my skin to turn, to not be red, like throw a bunch of makeup on my face. Um, and yeah, it's just like a terrible situation of feeling like I needed to cover myself up and my skin every single day in order to walk out the door. And I always did that. And so um, there was this kind of just like this misery in my skincare journey where I would you know, pay whatever I could for services, for products, for any recommendations to help my skin. I felt extremely insecure about it. Wouldn't go to like daytime parties in college or after college because I felt like it just, my skin was like so highlighted. Um, and so there was that separate, you know, kind of journey for me until I had started to cook more and eat more holistically and just look into more ingredients um, and understand more about skincare products. And because of that, I was able to kind of more, more specifically tailor my routine. I found a lot of comfort in oils um, and my barrier had been totally destroyed. So just like 
feeding it with, with these really nourishing oils was like the first time my skin didn't sting. And from there, you know, I kind of took it into my own hands of just really understanding the industry and ingredients that we were using, not, and, and taking a, a really long break from like these really, um, you know, powerful and, and good actives, but that my skin was just like so exhausted and needed to be repaired. So, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, my skincare journey. And basically I, you know, knew I wanted to start a company, but I was super insecure about my skin. Never imagined myself as like a skincare company founder, especially in the era of like, you're seeing celebrities as faces of brands and, you know, it just, it felt very uncomfortable. But ultimately, I just convinced myself that I could be like the quote unquote business person behind the brand and not really be out there, which is funny today. But um, but yeah, that's how I ultimately decided just to take the plunge. And so I quit my job and officially launched in 2015. But it was, I, I'd say like through the years of 2015 to now, like through starting Coco Kind have gotten so much more comfortable in my skin in a way that. I wasn't at the very beginning of this process. Yeah, in in lots of ways it feel, it feels like it healed your skin not only physically but that emotional side of you as well and the stuff that you were dealing with as a young woman, you know, coming out and being who you are, it really helped with your confidence, which is which is so amazing, so special. Yeah. I want to stay around that time when you were just launching the business. Um, obviously, you were working a lot with coconut at that time. Yeah. And, well, you still are, but, you know, your hero ingredient began with with coconut. Were you making things yourself or were you going and finding people to help you make products in those early days? Both. Um, so we started with that and we were making, like, body butters and lip balms and these salves with coconut. Um, we actually don't have it in the majority of our products today, like most of our facial products don't have it, but um, those body butters and the lip balms and all that stuff, we were filling ourselves. And then for the facial products, those were the blends for those were um, the individual ingredients were ingredients that I love, but um, with the help of chemists help to produce. Right. And how at that early time were you funding the business and did you kind of have the vision of growing it into the big business that it is today? Or were you just kind of like, oh, like, I'll just see how it goes? What was the vision? Yeah. Um, so I've always, I never wanted to start a small company. Um, not that I had an idea of what a big company was, but I, I never, you know, wanted to keep it small. Like I wanted to build something that had impact and um, that, you know, a lot of consumers knew about. So I even things like farmers markets, like I love farmers markets and I love meeting makers there, but I just kind of felt like I wanted to reach scale and didn't want to kind of go into like a niche or like a, a very small corner versus just kind of approaching like the broader market. And then, yeah, so I, I think that was like very much like I, I never had an idea of like, and, and certainly, yeah, I think my idea of what a big business was back then is like very different from what it is today. But yeah, I always had that intention of trying to build something that reached as many people as possible and was a clear, um, you know, comfortable brand in terms of making people feel good. And it was like, instead of playing out of this fear and desperation, like a brand that people could trust. 
So that was like my biggest goal there. Yeah, totally. And were you, with that in mind, did you think, okay, I need to start with getting a loan or using personal savings? Or were you kind of like, I'm going to go straight into looking for potentially, um, you know, angel investors or institutional funding? Yeah. So we were really lucky in that I did um, start the business with my savings. So I had $60,000 in savings that I basically um, was, you know, to be 26 years old or 25 years old and have that in savings was like very, um, I I feel very grateful for that just in working in uh, finance and saving for a couple of years. So I do think that there's something very important about um, not everybody is going to go the bootstrap route. um, And there's certainly a lot of pros and cons to it, but I did it for five years and, you know, I, I I wouldn't take it back. um, But it is certainly a decision that has like a ton of pros and cons. And if you are going to do it, then saving beforehand is obviously very important. Um, So we funded the first like, you know, production batches and everything using my savings, insurance, like all that stuff. Um, but we very quickly um, started to make revenue and we, our production batches were extremely small until we made revenue and they would just grow as we had more and more customers. But I never really, when you're a bootstrap company, you just can't get over your skis, you know, and, um, and, and you have to start small. And so that's what we did. But we are also very lucky that like we started selling to Whole Foods in Northern California within like the second month of like technically launching. So like we, we started to have revenue pretty quickly. Wow. That's crazy to get them on board as a retail partner so early on in the journey. How did you get on their radar and, and what do you think was attractive to them about the brand? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, back then clean beauty didn't really exist in its form. And so um, in, in the way that obviously it's so prolific today and, and increasingly so. Um, but back then, you know, all I had to say was like, these are the ingredients we're using were under $20. And, and that was basically it. And people would, you know, take a, take a meeting. And so but when it came to Whole Foods, like they did, I, I was very aggressive. And like, before the product was even ready, I was like reaching out, like I knew the the value proposition and everything, obviously, you know what you're building. And I, I started emailing and everything and they never got back to me on the regional office here in Northern California. So I just went to individual stores and I, um, <laughs> yeah. And like at that time, the store team members were able to bring in like very local brands. And so I started to like set up meetings with literally individual stores. I would ask them how it's done. And they told me, you can drop off samples if you want, or like, oh, okay. Like I have 15 minutes on this day. And I would literally set up meetings with like the 35 stores in Northern California. And I would drive up and down just for like a, just to drop off a box or to meet them for 15 minutes. And eventually um, um, that, that was really what I concentrated on in the first month. And then, um, and then they, the, the individual team members like loved the brand so much that they ended up pinging the regional buyer. And then I got an email from a re- the regional buyer one day being like, okay, there's enough interest to set you up as a vendor. So, and then, you know, I was just ready to go after that. So then, um, so, so that was very special. And I will always remember kind of like that first time that, that beginning period and getting that email, but, um, but yeah, then we, we started selling to Whole Foods within like two months. 
Wow, crazy. Does that mean in the early days, were you more focused on building the retail side of the business versus the e-com D2C side of the business? When did you start to be like, we're going to focus on our online store and how are we going to find the customers to bring them into our website instead of going to somewhere like Whole Foods? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I like to say like I stumbled upon it, not because I planned for it. I wasn't smart enough to like know anything about D2C or <laughs> like tried to do anything there. And again, this is 2015 and it's just a different environment where you've had so many amazing B2C companies come up in the past five years, but that was not the case, you know, a couple that, at that time. And so I didn't have precedent and I didn't know. And all I knew was like retail is all I thought was like retail is where it's at. Like that's how you reach customers. And so I did focus on that for the first like two years of the business. And we stumbled upon it because we launched these sticks, the matcha and the turmeric sticks. And um, we just didn't get retail placement for those on time. Like retail, the calendars take a long time and, you know, you can launch something if it doesn't end up on shelf until like a year later because of their calendars. And so the only place we could launch it was on our website. And um, our website was doing like a couple thousand dollars a month um, at up until that point. And we had it, we were building Instagram, but um, it wasn't like this big thing yet. But then we launched these products and people just became really obsessed with them. And we had this waiting list and everything. And then all of a sudden our Instagram you know, followers went from 10,000 to 20,000 in one month. And I was like, oh, wow. And like our online sales went from a couple thousand dollars to $90,000. Um, that first month that after we launched that, that product. And, and I was like, okay, like, that's like a real number now. <laughs> and like, that's pretty awesome for cash flow and, you know, not to mention profitability, but also just like getting this feedback from our customers and like the fact that they're, I was just like so amazed. And I still am so amazed when I realize that like people come to your, they, you know, intentionally come to your website and buy something like I just think I'm so grateful for that experience because one thing that you realize as an entrepreneur especially of a product is that people think that like oh your product's on the shelf or you launch a website that's beautiful with a product like you think people think that like you just start getting visitors like you could literally <laughs> have like zero you know like you, if you could literally have like zero customers and or like six people visit your website in those beginning days and per day, you know, it's like, so you, you start to appreciate customer by customer in that level. And I think because I bootstrap, like I just have such a deep appreciation for like every single person because I would do demos at the whole food stores in those first two years before we had, you know, an online presence. And I would literally sell, you know, 10, 12 products. And that was like a great demo in a three hour period. And I, I've done that, you know, like literally one by one. And so, yeah, I, I think that when we, when we launched those sticks and we started having this presence on online, I, I was just, I was very like just pleasantly surprised and, and, and found that like, yeah, like it's a little bit easier for me to talk to like 20,000 people than like one person at a time at a store in like, you know, I was like driving like three hours to do a three hour demo. <laughs> yeah. and it was like crazy. So, um, you know, I obviously it just made more sense. And so we started to figure out like, okay, like I'm going to be on social, like I would be in a demo. Like I'm going to talk to my customer, how I would like to be talked to, you know, you, you said the same thing. It's like, just like talking to a friend, like that's 
what we wanted, what I wanted to do, because that's how I like imagine myself being so desperate, trying to find something that worked for me. I would just want like the truth. I would want honesty. I'd want transparency. And that's how we approach like every conversation really with our customer. And I'm really lucky that now we have people on the team, Coco Kind team that like still carry those values even though it's not me like DMing every single person. I definitely am in the DMs all the time. People don't realize that, but I respond to like a ton of DMs myself because I just love it. But um, but that's just part of our values and it's part of our, our culture as a brand. Totally. I bet like those customers that you were selling to in the Whole Foods stores back in the day, I bet they're your kind of like true loyal customers still yeah. today. That oh, they, yeah. And they remember that time that they met you and that you spent that time with them. Yeah, no, and and I definitely see that um, and see those messages on on social, and I just think it's like quite amazing because the brand and products have changed. You know, we've developed so many new products, and we went from like the body butter and the lip balm and like the very you know like very very simple kind of ingredients to like a full on skincare line and we will continue to develop and grow and change and but the one thing that's been the same is really how we speak to customers and our values as a brand and the values that we put into our products and so that's why people have stuck with us even though we've changed the branding we've changed this and that like everything has changed as we've you know grown up um quote unquote but I think that that is uh when I hear people who have been around for so many years I just I can't believe it I think it's amazing Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know, when you were saying like back in the early days of your marketing, you know, in one month you'd grow 10,000 followers and, and that would be a really great way to reach your customers. But obviously now five years down the track, social media is more pay to play. It's obviously evolved. Yeah. Um, as a brand, how has your marketing evolved and what's kind of the best way for you to acquire customers today? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, marketing is such a beast, you know, like you, it's, I feel like there's a million ways to market. And up until very recently, we were just going about our like organic marketing ways, which is like, you know, and, and this is still our bread and butter, which is like, we really try to provide value add content, which helps grow our customer base because people come to us and they realize they can learn a lot of different things. And then they, you know, they, they learn the values behind the brand and the products, and then they try the products and they can try multiple different products um, for the same price that they would buy like one product at a Sephora store. And basically they, you know, they, they go from there, but that, that is still our bread and butter is really just like, it doesn't matter what we're doing, paid or unpaid on our channel or on a different channel. Um, value add content is very important and it's very hard to do consistently. So I think that's like number one for us. Um, but as we've grown, we have tried and we are growing different channels, whether it's paid media, um, you know, influencers obviously have been incredible, are, are incredible partners for brands. I think at the end of the day, it, you know, you can experiment with a lot of different things and marketing requires a lot of experiments and you need to be okay with like succeeding or failing equal out, opportunities for those outcomes. But I always find that like what ends up working is are things that just like feel really you, you know, like just like are kind of unsurprising in that way because you're like, yeah, like this is the reason why this works because this, you know, influencer believes in the same core values as we do and has that same relationship. Like she provides that value add to her, her followers. She cares about them. She talks to them in a caring, comfortable way, makes them feel good about themselves. Like that's the type of stuff that like, it's like, I'm never, I, I guess I'm never really surprised by that, that work, but it is hard to come by. So um, especially, you know, because there's so much like pay to play out there and there are so many sponsored ads these days. So we are in the phase right now of just like experimenting a lot with our marketing, but I feel like it always like kind of diverged back to what we're really known for, which is like the, that relationship and the values. Mm, yeah. Putting the customer really at the forefront you know, earlier when you were saying like back when you started, obviously it wasn't as saturated as it is now. Have you had to further differentiate yourself to remain, you know, really relevant in a market that's obviously, you know, there are tons of different brands now in, in the skincare industry. Um, mm-hmm. And what do you do to really differentiate yourself when you're seeing so many new brands come onto the market? Yeah, definitely. Um, I go back and forth on this because I on one hand, like, I think competition is so good for the consumer. And I always like try to be, even though I'm a leader of this brand, like I try to be on the consumer's side, no matter what. And there are so many competitors that I really respect. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, just, just, just 
being able to say that and be like, yeah, like they have a great product. They have a great following. They have a great, whatever brand. Like, I think that's totally okay to like kind of have that and good to have that humility and respect for like what other people are doing. Cause, and cause the industry is large and, and skincare is a highly fragmented industry. It's like, there's not like one, you know, player that dominates the market. It's like, there's so many, so many players. So there's room. I, I do believe there's room for all of us, but it does clearly feel more competitive today than it did before. And, you know, obviously it stings a little bit when you feel like, okay, there's a brand that like either has like a very similar brand name to us or that they popped up or they have a very similar, like whatever it is, like that will sting. And when we have customers that send that to us and be like, look at what, what, what I found, like, this is ridiculous. And you know, that, that kind of stings. I'm not going to lie, but um, I think the way that I think about it is like competition, like you can either get scared by competition, which I sometimes find myself in that those stages, or you can use it as a source of inspiration, like just like put your head down and like motivate yourself. You shouldn't stay stagnant, like you really shouldn't. So if it requires refreshing your brand, refreshing your products, thinking about like, how do you go back to the drawing board, staying innovative, like that's what you need to do. So I try to like have it go like turn it from this like anxiety to this like positive source of like yeah like the competition makes products better and they make companies better for the customer so use that and be better so i think that's kind of like what i you know on my best of days like where i will channel that energy to but it is definitely something that i feel like every you know kind of founder will have to to deal with um and it's an inevitable and it's really good So it's just, it's, yeah, I think it's a good exercise. Totally. I love that. Like using it as a motivator instead of something that can bog you down and make Mm -hmm. you feel less than or something. Where is the brand today in terms of how big is your team? How many products do you have? Mm -hmm. What's the vibe today, five years on? Yeah. So, um, so we have around 25, 26 people on the corporate team here. And on the product side, it's probably around the same, actually, like 2025. So we've just been really lucky to continue growing. I'd say like the Cocoa Kind story has been more of a like uh, a story of compounding really great growth versus like a hockey stick. Like we've we've just like consistently grown well um, versus like, you know, kind of being a little bit more like slower growth and then like this huge hockey stick of like 400% year over year growth. Like that's, that's not our story. Um, I think, yeah, that also allows you to make a lot of mistakes in a smaller like level um, when you're kind of consistently growing versus like dealing, like I have a lot of respect for the companies who go from like, you know, yeah, just go from very small to all of a sudden like this, like, huge company in one two years because like just running an organization is way harder than running a company and um and there's so many mistakes that every founder every business owner makes along the way and you kind of just have to like know that um you're not going to be perfect you're not yeah everybody's human and you have your strengths and you have your weaknesses so i feel like that's just something that i'm i'm also just like grateful for too like the opportunity to like kind of consistently learn ahead of my company as much as I can. 
because when you grow so exponentially quickly like that, um, I mean, it's, it's still very challenging. Like any growth is, is very hard and, and Coco kind of certainly put up some really strong growth figures, but yeah, I just like the companies that go from like 5 million to a hundred million in two years. Like I, it just, I don't know, you know, like it's just, it's a hard, hard job. Totally. Absolutely. Wow. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. What does the future look like for you? Is there anything you could share that's coming up next? What does the next year look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're in a really exciting stage right now where we have brought on some pretty amazing talent this year to just join our team and help us get to the next stage. And with whether that's on our marketing or on our products or operation, like operations, you know, scaling that is quite difficult. And really just like having subject matter expertise, which before it was kind of like me being like a very average jack of all trades, but master of none. And so that to me is like the, the most, the, the best gift, I think, to be in a stage where we can, um, we have a lot of people who are just like bringing a lot of um, talent to the business. And so that is um, what's going to be driving us forward. And in terms of products, like, I think there's probably another evolution of where our products go to. Um, I think we'll, we are interested in testing new categories, like body and hair, but at the same time in our skincare, like there's so much more to be done there too. And with so much innovation happening, whether it's, you know, continuing innovation with ingredients or formulation or um, sustainability, like all that stuff, I think it's, it's a good time for us to just, you know, really think about what that looks like for us going forward. We never want to like dilute the market with just like unnecessary products. Um, but um, at the same time, like there, there's just a lot happening. So I'm excited to kind of build out that pipeline and, and see where that takes us. But it's always, for us, it's always like a balance of like, we want to give the consumers like what she's asking us for, but then we also want to try some new things that she's not asking us for and, and see if that sticks. Yeah, totally. Sounds really exciting in any case. I'm excited to watch and see what happens next. Yeah. What advice do you have for women who have a big idea and want to launch their own business? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'd say like what I always go back to is, um, well, yeah, I think this, there's a couple things, but like the first is like, you can, it's totally okay to start small. You don't have to like wait for perfection, but you know, the, the best idea in the world is nothing without execution. And like the best founders I know are like just incredible people at execution. Like you just get shit done, you know, and, and that to me is like just irreplaceable. It has to happen somehow through your leadership team, either through you, because you just like are incredible at, at executing or um, your co-founder or some something that basically allows you to like move quickly. Uh, I think that's like important, just very important, underestimated. And then um, the second thing is like, I think this year more than anything proves that it's like this resilience, like every day is so hard. It really is. And like you go through a, a roller coaster, you go through emotions and it's, it's, you have a lot of weight as a founder and CEO. Like you just, you, you carry a lot of weight. You care about the people on your team. You're also managing for a specific outcome and productivity. You're, 
you're so passionate and you're trying to like spill that over to your team. Um, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't, you know, and you're just managing a lot. And so every day you're bound to have some type of win and some type of disappointment. And um, sometimes the, the, the disappointments are fairly large. And, and so it's just required this idea of like, you have to get back up every day, even when it's like miserable. And people don't expect like that word to come into the, like my mind when I talk about my my job, but I joke with my founder friends, like sometimes it's truly miserable. Like, and only people who are like so passionate about what they do are going to withstand that misery because you are so passionate and it brings you like this outsized joy in other moments, but it can be a very miserable job. Um, and so like, I think it's just, it's just good to have a realistic view of like what you're getting into. It's not a glamorized thing. Like you are most of the time running a logistics company, you're running an organization. It's very hard. You're dealing with a lot of emotions from yourself and, and, um, and yeah, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, there's, it's a, it's a low probability ratio. So of, of companies that, you know, can, can really do it well. And so being grateful, being resilient is just really important. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And is that something that you, was that advice that you learned from your mom and her journey going through business for such a long time? Or was there other advice that your mom gave you when you were kind of deciding to start your business that you have in your mind? Um, I think the best thing, so my mom's company is like a small business. It's been very stable for so many years. So less about like the growth and like the growing pains and what, you know, that, that story. But what my mom is also very like good at is um, like her superpower is similar in terms of she just like gets shit done. And she Mm -hmm. is like not a talker. Like she will, like if she wants to do something, she will do it and then she'll talk about it. And, and so like, I think that's the thing that I learned from her the most, which is, probably the the skill that I use the most on on a day-to-day basis for myself. Mm, Love that. How nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm very lucky. So good to have your mom as as the role model entrepreneur in your life. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't take that for granted either. We are up to the six quick questions part of the episode. Nice. Question number one is, what's your why? Um, I think impact. Like I just... I want to have an impact on consumers, um, on the consumer industry and, and just, yeah, provide a better example of like what a conscious good business looks like. Totally love that. Question number two is what's been the number one marketing moment that's made your business pop? Um, I think the most, I don't know if it's the number one, um, in terms of like size or dollar amount, but like the most significant to me was probably when we launched our matcha and turmeric sticks and just going from like such a small scale of on our online website to being like, Oh my God, like this is like totally different and really exciting. And now I have to like ship all these packages myself. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, I've got to handwrite all these notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Question number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? What are you reading? What do you listen to? What mm-hmm. are you subscribing to? Yeah. I mean, um, unfortunately like I've just been so busy this year that I haven't I feel like I've dropped off my reading a little bit but thankfully I have a lot of good friends and advisors and teammates that I just like I feel like it's just like those moments where you you don't have you're catching up with a friend who's a founder and you don't have 
you're not like trying to pick on one subject you're just like talking and that's when you just like find yourself talking about so many different things that are interesting and expanding your perspective so I feel like I rely a lot on um, both my husband who's incredibly smart um, not it not a founder but but an investor as well as my advisors and friends really that are doing similar but different things to, to help widen my perspective. Mm, yeah, getting those little bits of, of wisdom and gold just by yeah. chance, I guess, when you're having conversation. I love that. Question number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and PM rituals that keep you feeling successful and motivated and productive and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to say that I have like all these rituals and I, yeah, one day will, um, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's been so crazy and I definitely don't feel like I do that well but I do try to like either go on a walk or have some type of like you know moment to myself or physical activity today I told you I played tennis um and and but that is not regular to be honest like it's a luxury to and and it's something I have to work work for and find time for um so it's yeah I, I can do a lot better in that department um I feel like like we always have dinner together me and my husband and just like having those moments where you're, we're kind of just like able to connect, I think, um, either with, um, yeah, a loved one or, or just by yourself, like having that every day is what, what kind of grounds me when everything else in my day is never the same. Mm, Totally. Question number five is if you only had a thousand dollars left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? Um, first of all, I'd be scared shitless if we only had a thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, what? I would think I mean, out of the answers, I would spend it. I would, I mean, yeah, at a thousand dollars, I would, I would, um, I would not be spending that. And I would be figuring out what I can do, uh, for free to help get our business in a different state. But yeah, that's, that's kind of like do or die. So I would keep that in the bank account and figure out some other way. Nice. And last question, question number six is how do you deal with failure? Um, I get back up. Like it happens every day. It's just, it is what it is. You have to be strong and, um, and you have to allow yourself that room. You have to allow your colleagues that room. We have to reinforce the positivity behind failure. Like it's, I actively allow my teammates the room to fail by saying like, I would rather us try every single day. And like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's totally fine. I celebrate that. Like it's not, um, it's when you don't have learnings where that's a problem, but if you have a learning from a failure, then I think that's invaluable. Absolutely. Priscilla, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I've really loved chatting about your brand and what you're doing and the future. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club 
at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 